Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. Week two, the home opener, the Indianapolis Colts coming to town. I'm sure you're excited to get in the bank for the first time. Fired up for this one uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, obviously open up the season here. Uh, week uh, week two, game one for us here at the, at the bank, and and uh, guys are ready to go. We're excited and looking forward to it. A lot of coaches have kind of goals when they establish the year. You know, okay, here's what we want to do, and one of the ones is typically win all of our games at home. Do you have kind of that on your guidelines for the team? I do. Um, I, I, it's one of the criteria. You know, obviously you got to take care of your division opponents and 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 win there because that's a that's uh, typically a, a a spot in the tournament. You know, at the end of the year. Uh, secondly, obviously you got to win your home games and. You know, we've got the seven here. We've got the one in London, and, and we've just got to take care of business. You know, it's a uh, home field advantage. You've got the crowd in your favor, and it gets loud. It gets crazy, and, uh, you know, we just got to take, take care of business right here at our, uh, in our backyard. Kind of unique in that you know, your first game at home, you're getting a face, a familiar face in Frank Reich. You know, you guys probably have quite the history together. Uh, great history together. Uh, in fact, uh, in 2018, after, after we won the Super Bowl in 17, he was the head coach of the Colts, and, and brought his team back to Philly, and that was the first time that that uh, we both got to square off against each other. But I got so much respect for him and what he's done and the program he's established there in Indianapolis, and and uh, really looking forward to to seeing him. You know, before the game, I'll see him after the game, but during the game, I, I know he wants to beat us, and and I want to beat them. Competition may be never better than against friends. So what's the score? <laughs> Are you in your mind? I well, know you I'm, got it. The, the game score or no, 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 uh, the, get, no you versus Frank. I'm one to know. There you yeah, go. Right. He <laughs> left out the important piece of that equation for sure. All right. So what's the first thing that pops up when you see the Colts? When you turn on the Colts, what, who are they? Well, it, I think it starts with the offense. Number one, I think it starts with that with that really good run game. And and obviously they went out and they got Matt Ryan, who a veteran quarterback to to really kind of solidify and, and do some things uh, offensively. And, and um, you know, the run game, everything kind of runs through that, you know, quite honestly. You know, Gus Bradley on defense, uh, the coordinator, we know very well. You know, and I tell you this, I, I have faced him many times in this league and that style of defense uh, around the NFL. And it's a, it's a tough, difficult defense. It, it's simplistic in nature, but it's hard to move the football. It, and it's really hard to throw the football because these guys – typically have, you know, rush four and have seven eyes on the quarterback. And so, you know, they're very detailed, which means we have to be very detailed on offense and, and really hit our spots. Trevor's got to get the ball out of his hand on time. And and then I think the other thing is their, their pass rush, just, just protecting against four-man four man pressures, you know, and, and uh, they do a great job, you know, in that as well. And a couple guys up front, we know one guy, Ngakwe, was here, drafted here. Quiddy Pay, a young player that's pretty stout, not very tall, but stout, but – the guy that playing and play out impresses is DeForest Buckner. Long, big, good football player. Great football player at six seven. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a force to be reckoned with in the middle. He's tall. He can bat some balls down. Makes it hard for quarterbacks to see over the middle of the field. And you know, these guys do a great job too pre snap. They they really crowd the football. Their their nose is right on the ball, and they got a really good first first step get off. And and uh, they time up cadence really well. And um, they look at TV copy and they understand the game and. 
that's why it makes it makes it hard for us, and we've got to stay disciplined with, within what we're doing, um, both uh, the run and the pass. Yeah, watching the film, uh, there's always, you know, for me, I know you're different because you're looking at schematics and schemes and all that, but just from, I kind of watch it from a little bit of an entertainment value as well, and your eyes always get drawn to certain guys. DeForest Buckner is one of those guys, and on offense, there's a guy that plays guard, and I don't ever watch guards, but uh, this Quentin Nelson guy, uh, they're paying him a lot of money now, and he's worth every penny. He's worth every penny, and he's he's – He's a physical, nasty offensive lineman, just the type of person you want to, to really solidify and anchor that that offensive line. And you know he's been a, he's been a staple there now for uh, a few years. And, and and quite honestly, he's he's what makes that offense go. You know, he's a leader. He's uh, he's the guy that kind of sets the tone. You know, uh, obviously with the run game. Head coach Doug Peterson with us on the Doug Peterson Show. Uh, the Jaguars defense three takeaways last week. This group last year what had nine all season. That's obviously going to win you a lot of football games in the long run if you keep getting your hands on the football. And, yeah, the middle stretch of that game last week was, I think, what this defense was designed to be. No points, take away the ball, get after it, right? Yeah, exactly right. And and, and that's kind of what I showed the team on Monday, you know, this week is just, you know, this is how you can play if you if you if you – don't shoot yourself in the foot. Eliminate the mistakes, the penalties, some of the, the oddball things that happened uh, against us. You know, you start the second half and, you know, uh, there's a punt, touchdown. There's another punt, there's a field goal. There's an interception, field goal. There's another interception, touchdown. So there's four, you know, four possessions, both offensively and defensively, that um, just work hand in hand. And, and when the defense can create turnovers and create small and shorter fields for the offense, good things are always going to happen. And uh, that's always been the case around the league. And so uh, we've preached it from day one. We want to create turnovers. Um, you know, we don't live in the past, obviously. We focus on the future. And it was a great job by our defense. Well, and to get takeaways, if, if you can get to that, that favorable down and distance, a lot of the times that's where it comes. So first you got to stop Jonathan Taylor. Last week had a couple missed tackles. I'm sure you want to get them cleaned up. But how do you how do you make sure that you I don't want to say you stop Jonathan Taylor because I don't know if anybody really does, but how do you limit him? You know, he he's such a big physical powerful back. I mean, that's the thing is he's got to be, you know, gap sound up front number 1. You know, you got to maintain that integrity right in the run in the run fits. Your linebackers you got to be able to fill and scrape and and run sideline to sideline and and quite frankly, when you hit him, you, you you just go low and you wrap up. And then if you can just hang on and, and wait for the cavalry to show up and, and gang tackle him, you gang tackle tackle him. And just like you said, you you're not going to necessarily stop him, but uh, you want you want to slow him up to, enough to where maybe it disrupts a little timing offensively for them. Uh, but it, but it's, it's got to be all hands on deck to get him on the ground. Is Matt Ryan still the Matt Ryan that took the Falcons to a Super Bowl? I mean, because, you know, he's been around a while now. He's been around a while, and you just love his leadership and the way he played. I've always admired the way he played and has played this game. And, you know, he's going to study and prepare. And, listen, he's understood, too, now where he is in his career that it's not about him. It's about the team and the guys around him and how he utilizes, you know, those weapons on offense. And and you see it in – and, and really in play calling with Frank Reich, he's, you know, he's, he's just going to be like run, run, play action pass, try to pick a, pick a spot to find a shot in there. And, and, and Matt has always been able to deliver. You know, the, I guess the one Achilles heel would be the turnovers, you know, with him if you can get to him early um, and, and knock him around. But I'll tell you this, for the most part, he's going to be smart and he's going to put the ball where he wants it to go. All right, Doug, it's one week in the books, a bunch of weeks ahead. It's a long season in the NFL, so you can't 
as a team panic when things don't go well at the end of the day. There were some penalties last week, but this seems like walking in that locker room, you know, they're not panicked at all. It's one week. They're moving forward, it feels e- like. Exactly right. You know, we got to clean up some stuff. We know the 13 penalties was a, a shock to us because, you know, it's the most we've had since since I've been here, obviously, and really through preseason. And, you know, we got to clean that stuff up. Tackling has to improve. And offensively, we had some we had some veteran guys that just misaligned on offense, some illegal shifts and formations, and things that just can't happen. You know, those are those are those are ways of of taking advantage of uh, of the defense, right? Putting our our guys in in advantageous positions, and and when you line up illegal, you cover a tight end up or something of that nature. You know, it just can't happen because it sets you back. You're first and fifteen, and, and and then defensively, you know, some of the communication issues we had in the secondary. All those things we got to clean up, tackling, and, and and honestly, the guys, the guys, even down fourteen three at halftime, there was no panic in that locker room. The guys were mad because they knew exactly what what was the what was the issue, and it was just you know it was us, and we just got to you know maintain confidence in ourselves, keep it about us, and and good things will happen down the road. A lot of times you get uh, to see the most significant improvement in a football team from week one to week two, just because now you got a game under your belt and you've got some reps. But also with a coaching staff and your coaching staff, a lot of times in game one, you learn things that maybe you were thinking were going to be okay or be a certain way, but now you kind of know. You got some validation, some evidence. What did you learn about your team and about your players after week one? Um, I think the, one of the things I learned is the head coach was still the, the youthfulness of the team, you know, being the third youngest football team in the National Football League and how we approached pregame warm-ups, how we approached the beginning of that game. There was that sort of that nervous energy, you know, that I don't want to say starry-eyed guys, but they were locked in, but they were, they were excitable. And, and we talked all week about how, how to control emotions, you know, keep them under wraps where you can still go out and play and have fun. I think that was something that they kind of showed up early with, with a young team. And, and we played a lot of first-time young starters and or position players in this game. And, and um, the speed ramps itself up just a little bit from preseason. And now they're taking more reps and things of that nature. And, you know, it just comes down to just how you control it. Communication, you, you have to, you know, talk on offense and defense. And, and um, you know, those are all things where we can, we can really make, I think, a big stride here in week two. Doug, thanks for the time. As always, good luck to you this week. Let's get a win here at home. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That's head coach Doug Peterson back with more. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. We're back. It's the Doug Peterson Show. Presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to the head coach, Doug Peterson, for joining us, as always, on his program each and every week. Well, yeah, the um, now we can talk about him behind his back since he's gone, like we always do on this show. We always do? No, I'm kidding, Speak of for course. Yourself. It's a joke. Um, so, youthfulness. Yes, third youngest team in the league, he said, and managing – that nervous energy and controlling the emotions of a team was, I thought, was interesting to to hear him say mm-hmm. that's what he learned about his team. I think sometimes when you when you're young and you come out and it's your first game ever, and I was talking last week to a couple different people and we talked about it <clears throat> on the, the TV show last week with Josh Allen and Trayvon, and I'll never forget you know first game I ever walk out of a tunnel and as I'm walking out, there's 
number 56 in uh, New York Giants blue and red, and that's Lawrence Taylor. And it's like, whoa, it's Lawrence Taylor, man. And so there's, I think, a, a newness to when you play your first NFL pro game. The, the, the energy is so high. A lot of times you're, you're so amped up that and in, in emotional and it has a tendency to take away from some of your your calmness, your better decision making, and then the energy to play in the game. And I thought that early in the ball game, some of the younger players looked like they were playing in a little slower gear than what I had seen them play in so before. And I think part of that was due to the fatigue from the emotional side of it. And so I think in game two, you'll you'll calm down a little bit. Okay, okay. you get the coaches to, to calm them down a little bit. And then the better prepared they are and the more that they realize that, hey, look, this is just like playing college football, but everybody's a little bit better, and that's just still a game of football that they have a tendency to calm down. So I think they'll make a significant jump. You know, typically from game one to game two is when you see a lot of improvement. And with a young team, you should see a lot of improvement from game one to two just because of that, that emotional drain that happens sometimes in week one. And then that leads to uh, penalties and miscues and, and things yeah, like that. And then they had 13 penalties and, and missed some things in the red zone. And, you know, it's just first game jitters maybe, some of that. Well, I mean, you call it whatever you want to call it. You know, unforced errors, mental errors, uh, penalties on offense, formational things, uh, offsides on defense, uh, bad decision-making, you know, Smoot the one time got his uh, hands up high around the head and neck area of a quarterback, and it was called. And, you know, you got to realize that that's going to get called all the time. So you just don't even get your hand up into that area. And uh, Trevor missing a couple open guys yeah. early on in the ball game, especially with, with Travis Etienne. And, and that one, you know, you'd like to see that one just, you know, make it ten times out of ten. And then the ball to ETN on the fourth down play was a little bit, a little bit high. Like to have it bring, bring it down a little bit, but he did have some. There was an opponent and something in the way, so he's trying to get it, make sure it gets up and over. Travis got to make that catch, you know. So that one's on Travis. You know, quarterback misses another one to to Zay, I believe it was, and uh, Trevor got an unblocked defender coming in and. You know, he throws it. Could have been a little bit better on the throw. You know, maybe take a little longer to make sure you get it there. But I mean, those are the things that happen when you're just not you're just not dialed in yet. And and I think with this being a young team and this coaching staff, I think as good as it is, and I think this is an excellent staff. That I think that they'll 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 dial it in and they'll teach this football team and teach these players and get them better. I really believe that. That's you know, after the game, I think a lot of times in years past there would always be a little bit of not like last year, you know, the the opening weekend loss in Houston. <laughs> that was a total mess. Total mess. Team wasn't even in it, right? And then after that game, JP, where was the hope that we had that Urban Meyer was going to get this thing turned around last year? We yeah, always, it, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. Whereas this year's different. Well, I mean, then they did play well in Cincinnati on Thursday. Yeah, but you knew night. it wasn't going to last. It's like because okay, there were maybe things they that can... were going on. You're like, this right? Is, this is a total and then all show. Hell, and then all hell broke loose after that a, game. Yeah, so, it's just a yeah. total show, and it's there's supposed to be a word before show. Uh, we get it. And uh, this year with Doug and this coaching staff, and the, 
you just feel better about the direction. And, and, and I understand that there's a lot of Jaguar fans that are like, look, you know, we've been hearing this for a while because, you know, the reality is this team in the last two years has lost more games than anybody. But I just feel confident that, that Doug has – and if you listen to him in the post game, right after the game, and then you listen to him turn around when he's had a chance to look at the film and you listen to him on Monday, there's just a calmness. And, you know, he's not going to panic. He's not going to overreact. He's not going to, you know, get angry at a question or get angry at a player because a play wasn't made. You know, there's a – I think there's something to be said for having a calm – a calming leadership in a situation where you're trying to change the culture and you're trying to develop something. And I think it's a really good fit for this organization having Doug in place. Let's come back and figure out how to stop Jonathan Taylor. We're going to get an answer out of you. Yeah. You know, here, here's what here's the easiest way. You know, stack a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage and make sure you get them before he gets started. That's ahead. Uh, the Jaguars offense. We'll see what they can get done this week against uh, a Colts defense. There's a couple guys on the injury report. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Colts and the Jaguars coming up Sunday. The game presented by TIAA Bank. And this show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. The Doug Peterson Show. Head coach Doug Peterson joining us at the top every Thursday evening here on the Jaguars Radio Network. Well, priority number one for the Jaguars' defense this week is running back Jonathan Taylor. He led the league in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns a season ago. And yards after contact. All of the above. And, yes, Logs, the Jaguars had some tackling issues a week ago. They better button it up this week. Yeah, the if you look at PFF, PFF puts out Grades, etc. Pro cetera. football focus. Yeah, pro football focus. They put out grades for nearly every metric that there is. There's one of them that's a kind of a broad category, and it's tackling tackling grade, and it's all 32 teams. You know, so you can you can look at what every every team has done from a tackling standpoint. The Jaguars were the fifth worst tackling team in the league this past game, and there was a lot of missed tackles, and some of them were. I mean, because there was great performance by the offensive player. I mean, Samuel was like, wow, a couple times. Darius Williams misses a tackle. Tyson Campbell misses a tackle. You know, Rayshon Jenkins misses a tackle. I mean, look, everybody, Devin Lloyd got his jock faked out on one play. I mean, it's, it wasn't a great tackling performance. So that has to get better. And, J.P., you had asked me during the break when we were talking about it, well, is that a sign – of teams coming out of the preseason where you're not tackling yeah. a lot. Well, With the rules the way they are, you can't tackle a lot, right, in training camp. I get it. You know, I understand that. And But the reality is, is that there's other teams that are tackling. I mean, there's not like 32 teams were grouped near the bottom five, you know, because it was the first week of the season. Okay. I mean, other teams tackled pretty well some, in some cases. So uh, that's not an, a, not, not an excuse. Better angles, better awareness, um, um, anticipation, all of those things go towards being a better tackling football team. And then just flat-out execution and, and being physical. 
And this week, you better be physical. I, I think the game plan for Mike Caldwell this week is going to have a ton of guys in the box, which ton of guys in the box means that you're going to fortify the number of players that are up at the line of scrimmage to outnumber the Colts blockers. So you'd like to be at the line of scrimmage, but you have one more defender than they have offensive blockers so that you can always have somebody free. And I, I would be surprised if anybody goes in to any game against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts if that's not the first thing they're trying to do is to stop Jonathan Taylor with a fortified box. Matt Ryan doesn't garner the respect that he once did to where teams are going, oh, my gosh, we can't, we can't stack the box. Matt Ryan's going to – he's going to kill us deep. That's just not Matt Ryan anymore. I mean, he's still got the ability to do that occasionally, but you're not going in scared of Matt Ryan. You're going in more scared of Jonathan Taylor than you are anything else. So you better stack the box and you better do a good job of, of stopping it. And then at times, you're not going to just overload the box all the time. You have to pick and choose. And then when you're not overloading the box, you got to have good performance. you got to have guys beat guys. This Colts team, at least historically, is going to run the ball if they're down two scores or if they're well, up they two scores. they did last week. Yeah, they were down, and then they, he ran the ball 31 times. In yeah, the 31 game. carries, and, and you were down until the fourth quarter. What was it, like 14-3 yeah, or something big, like that and the then whole time? Fought back, right. And so, I mean, give give the Colts credit for sticking with the run. But then again, when you got a great player like Jonathan Taylor, you're going to stick with the run. And I think also part of that is is that they've got a, a quarterback who's pretty new to the system, and they're not going okay. Matt Ryan's been known to turn the ball over. Okay, look at the numbers of Matt Ryan. Have you seen the numbers of Matt Ryan? His career numbers. Let's see him. All right, for uh, touchdowns, interceptions, three hundred. This is crazy. Three hundred and sixty-eight touchdowns. Been at it for a long time. Yeah, and uh, one hundred and seventy-one interceptions. That's that's a good amount. That's also, that's a pretty good number, right? Yeah. I think the funny thing is, uh, I wrote this down. Trevor was eight years old when Matt Ryan was drafted third overall in two thousand and eight. <laughs> Pretty that's, good now. That's crazy, right? It is something. <laughs> eight, eight years old. <laughs> he, he wasn't even playing peewee yet, probably. <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and then he just surpassed 60,000 passing yards last week. He did. In his career. The eighth person to ever do that in league history. That, that yeah, and it's uh, career completion percentage, 65.5%, which is pretty good. Uh, so he's been a good player. I wouldn't call Matt Ryan a great player, but he's been a good player. And, and you also have to remember, Matt Ryan's undefeated against the Jaguars. He's never lost to the Jaguars. Hmm. Matt Ryan's 4-0 against this Jaguar football team. So even though you have that, that number, okay, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, well, and you got another number on the other side. Matt Ryan has never lost to the Jaguars, it's ever. A, it's a team game, Logs. No, I know. That's what's going to happen. He's on a new team now. Yeah, Matt Ryan needs to, or would want to play the Jaguars and the Raiders every week. <laughs> He'd be in the Hall of Fame. He's never lost Already. to either team. Uh, let's come back. Uh, plenty more ahead. Jaguars offense. Throw to score, run to win, was a quote from the head coach this week. Okay. Uh, I would I would add block to win too, <laughs> and to score, block in both block to win instances. and score. I would I would add that too. We'll we'll get to the offensive line also. Well, so who Doug, said offensive line? I'm JP. just telling JP's you, jumping to conclusion. Uh, I am, and we will uh, when we return. It's the Doug Peterson show on the Jaguars Radio Network.
Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back indeed. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Jaguars hosting the Colts in week two at TIAA Bank Field. Hope to see you out here. Looking forward to opening up the bank this season. Another new era of Jags football. Doug Peterson at the helm. This is the Doug Peterson Show. And the Jaguars are trying to get back off the mat after a tough loss in Washington in week one. But there did, were moments. Uh, did yes. you see the weather? I haven't looked. I'm going to look at it right now. Let's take a look. The, um, you know, Doppler logs over well, here. Uh, well, it's going to tell us all I'm about no, what's going to no go Mike on Burrish. Sunday. No Mike Burrish. Okay. Uh, mostly sunny with a chance of showers and a slight chance of thunderstorms. Highs in the mid-80s. So from a temperature standpoint, yeah. that's not bad. Okay. We'll okay. Fingers that. crossed that we don't get any uh, showers or thunderstorms. But 50%. What are you, you're 50% jinxing it? You're just jinxing it. It's going to happen no, no. now since you said it. No, As that's how it works. 50%. Apparently earlier today you were like, oh, don't say that because nah, it'll happen. It's no. going to be good. 50%. Oh, now all of a sudden there's going to be you know, all this stuff. 50% is a good number. Way to go. But I can tell you, I'm about tired of the rain. Yeah, we've had a lot. Yeah. Um, fortunately, though, the Jaguars. I'm a little waterlogged. Training camp got through that without any weather issues. Well, they the other thing that I'm practice out here so far well the also. other thing that i'm looking forward to you know after they stop practicing in training camp at uh, bishop kenny they have episcopal. now uh, episcopal i mean sorry yes. they, they are bishop, rivals bishop kenny i'm having a flashback they, to 95 they are they are rivals yes thank sorts. you yes yeah but bishop kenny in 95 episcopal this year so ever since they left episcopal they've been practicing on the stadium field mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, I mean, how, what kind of shape the field's in? Um, well, it's a new surface. You know, I know. I know, I know of, a new one got put in, but, I mean, of, how good is it? I mean, yeah. is it uh, good to go? I mean, first of all, the grounds crew here is amazing. Mm-hmm. And when a new surface gets put in here, it's vastly different than when Chicago gets a new surface. Correct. And okay. then it dumps rain all over it like it did uh, Sunday. Yeah, that was uh, – so anyway. pretty unfortunate, but I, but I, I think it's going to be great and it's going to be fine. But you know, you're still kind of in your, in your mind, you're thinking about that. They put on the new surface after the final practice last week, so that's how new and fresh this is. They've practiced on it, and they're going to uh, do Wednesday. that a, a couple different times throughout the course. They've of the practiced season. on it Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, you know, a lighter practice tomorrow, and then uh, play on it Sunday. And they still have the ability to be. And then they're in, out of town in, the next two weeks. Too. Indoors, exactly. Yeah. So there's plenty of uh, regrowth time or whatever happens Re- to that stuff. Time. I don't know. As a grass grows, right? I don't know how you're supposed to say that. Somewhere a grounds <laughs> crew, groundskeeper yeah. guy, golf course uh, guy is going, what did JP yeah, just say? My, uh, my phone's about to blow up from <laughs> multiple say? groundskeepers over the past. Yeah, the grass grows back, What would right? you say? The, re- the regrowth? The growth. Regrowth. Regrowth right? of the grass. Okay. <laughs> Sure. Hey, um, Jags offense. Um, hey, yeah. they 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 used two different running backs, different ways. They were throwing the ball around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk had a big day, but uh, Trevor Lawrence took a lot of contact. I think he was hit ten times in the game last week. Um, how, do you, how do you balance it out offensively and, and kind of keep this thing moving down the field? There were moments where they looked really good. The moments they were just to tick off. They got to be better up front. And you have to give Washington credit because Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat are really good football players. I mean, that's 
you can't you can't sit there and just ignore that. You can't say, well, the Jaguars played terrible up front. Well, you know what? They're going against three really good players. And Montez Sweat probably surprised me more than than Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne just because you know, he's been a good player. And I think he's averaged like seven sacks a year in his first three years. And then with Chase Young being out, they took Montez Sweat and they were actually flopping him on different sides. And I thought he was, when he went over against Cam Robinson, he had an excellent day. Excellent day. I thought Juwan Taylor played well. Kudos to him. He was in a training camp battle. And he played, I think, winning football in week one at Washington. I think the rest of them, they got to get better. And that includes Brandon Sheriff. I don't think that he played his best. He, uh, uh, well, I think he was probably the next best if you looked at all the offensive linemen. But you expect more out of a out of a guy like Brandon Sheriff. And then Fortner really struggled. Ben Bartsch really struggled. And then Cam, I thought at times, struggled in a big way against Montez sweating key moments. And that's the part probably that I think why I would grade Cam down below Sheriff just because at the critical moments when you need to have a block, you know, he just didn't do it. You know, a good example is late in the game when Trevor gets flushed out of the pocket, Cam got beat on the inside move, and then he's got a running back sitting outside to give him outside help. So when you've got outside help, you you protect your inside. Yeah, that's what Tony was saying on Monday night. You just that you just you're inside. Nothing gets inside of you. Yeah, you just you just you, sh- you don't. I don't want to say shorts a set, but you're just very aware of where your help is or is not. Yeah. And that's a, that was kind of a mental error, pre-snap mental error. And so they got to get better up front. I think it will help calm down a young quarterback's world. And the reality is, he's a young quarterback, and a young quarterback can struggle if things aren't calm and things are not calm up front. So they've got to help him out. Let's come back and discuss the early red zone issues for the Jags and how maybe they can clean that up moving ahead, too. You got it. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato, and the birthday boy Brent Reber. Glad you're with us on the Doug Peterson Show. David Cho also on the video side. Birthday boy. So, um, hey, the red zone early. The uh, the overthrow to ETN, mm-hmm. uh, dropped by ETN on, on the next drive. They missed a third down play on that drive also. In the end zone, what Zay Jones, I believe. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, so there were some opportunities down there in the red area they didn't take advantage of early, and um, you know, going for it. I hey, I like the aggressiveness. Why not? That's going to be Doug Peterson at, at times going for it on that fourth down play instead of taking the points. That that's him. That, that there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but. When you go for it, you got to be able to execute those plays. So, well, how do you improve well, that red well, zone consistency? Well, those two plays that you're talking about—the one to Zay and, and the one to Etienne—I mean, not the fourth down play, but the one that was on the first drive. Yep. That's just you got to you got to be accurate with the ball. Pitch and catch. You got a clean pocket. You got to be accurate with the ball. There were a couple other plays that were lost opportunities in the game. The Washington Commanders were being. A little aggressive on the outside with Marvin Jones, 
and they had a double move two different times with Marvin Jones, and Marvin had him. I'm talking beat, okay, could be a touchdown possibly, if not a, a huge explosive play. First one, you you got a pressure. Uh, Cam Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat grabs his right arm, comes over the top of Trevor's shoulder, and as Trevor is trying to follow through, the shoulder stops, the arm continues, but the shoulder stops, and then the ball flutters incomplete. I mean, that, that could be a touchdown. Sure, yeah. You have an, an, and so because it was open, the coaches did the smart thing. Like five or six offensive plays later, they go right back to it. And, and then they, but they flip the side and go over to the left side this time. And three guys, like literally, sack. And if he's got a clean pocket, you got another one. So, I mean, it's always a combination of things. It's never – it's not all Trevor. It's not all the offensive line. Travis Etienne can be better in pass blocking. He got he got rocked a little bit when he was asked to, to be in the pocket and step up and make a block. You know, you got to be a little bit more firm if you're a running back. James Robinson did okay. He could have been a little bit more firm. So tight ends can be better. You know, Dan Arnold, Evan Ingram, you know, given the opportunity. You know, Trevor can be better sometimes seeing the field on a fourth down opportunity. He had, uh, I think it was a fourth down opportunity. He had Evan Ingram, or on a third down opportunity, it was Evan Ingram that was open in the middle. You know, find him. So tough day, but uh, a young team and a lot to learn from. And you just you just want – your quarterback's world to calm down. And and when I say that, I'm not putting it all on him. Calming him down can be a couple different ways. One is that his world and, and his mind and all of that needs to calm down. The more confidence he gains, the more assured he is, the, the better he feels, the better he'll play. And then up front, the performance up front has got to calm down. That needs to be better so that you you have a young quarterback and you understand as an offensive lineman, look, we need to be better so our young quarterback can be better. Because I can tell you this, if if your protection up front is like this week after week, you won't win many games. Oof. Yeah. He was hit 10 times in the game, and uh, we'll come back in a moment and pick some players to watch in this game. One from each side of the ball. You got it? Yeah. We're breaking like new ground. It's a player, new segment. Player or are we talking group? Sure. One or the other? You know what? However you want to do it. Okay. Think about it. you got a couple minutes. It's the Don Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. It's the Doug Peterson Show. Week two, the Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts at TIAA Bank Field. Jags. At 0-1, the Colts at 0-0-1 and tied for first place in the AFC South. Opportunity to be the first in the division to win. Yeah, I like that. The AFC South is winless. It is. It's amazing, right? <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up the division standings and all this the rest of the year unless there's more ties. But um, it's what it is. And, uh, hey, and like we said earlier, the Indy – as like five of their first seven games are in the division. They've got to make hay here pretty quickly to to stay in this division mm-hmm. race, at least in the division race. Um, 
and then the Jaguars just trying to get their first W in a while. So let's go for it. Well, because uh, this is about as good of a chance as any to get to get a win for the Jaguars. I mean, I, I'm not it's trying tough to be, coming up. It's tough. Well, it's just yeah. I mean, you, you play some good teams, and you know you're going to be on the road a little bit. I mean, that's uh, hostile where, environment where you have uh, struggled, struggled mightily. What is it now? 18. Road losses in a row. Um, yeah, and then the West Coast notoriously not over easy. the years has been bad. It's and not Philly's easy. Philly's a tough place to play, especially when after you're playing a good team. Yeah, on the West Coast. So let's um, let's hear from you about this game and pick some players to watch this Sunday. Um, one for each side of the ball for gonna, each and, team, and I'm going to stay or away a position group, whatever you want. And I'm going to stay away from some of the stars. Okay, well, like the, like Trevor or Matt Ryan. That's kind of the idea. Jonathan. We're going to dig know. deep. Uh, so, I'll, I'll start when this is – he's a star. Quentin Nelson. Okay. For the Colts offense. Yes, the guard. Just, just because he's so good, and and it's hard not to watch him just because he's that good of a football player. And Foye Aluokun, he's got to have a big game. If, you, if you're facing Jonathan Taylor, your middle linebacker has to, has to ball. And I'm talking ball. Be physical, be downhill, and uh, be uh, relentless. And he's going to have to have that type of performance this week. Those guys in front of him also have to do pretty well to allow him that freedom of movement. So, so there's your Colts offense, Jaguars defense guys to watch. I like those two. Yes, that's a, those are good, two good choices considering the nature of this game. On the other side uh, – I think Ngakwe and Cam Robinson has a lot, a lot to uh, a lot of attractiveness to it, just because it's against two teammates or former teammates. Yeah. It's going to be highly competitive. Yannick is a very good pass rusher. He's very good. Cam's coming off a game that he didn't have such a great performance against pass rushers. So this is going to be a matchup to watch. So as far as the Colts go, Ngakwe. DeForest Buckner's the no-brainer. I'm like I said, I wasn't going to pick a star. If he's out, if he's out there, he's been on the injury report, not practicing this week. The uh, then the next one might surprise some people, but I want to see Luke Fortner play better than what he did uh, this past game in Washington. What did he struggle with uh, the most? The speed, the strength, the uh... I think it was a little bit of everything. Okay. I think I think it was the speed, it was the strength, it was the making the calls. I think it was a little bit of everything, and I felt really good about him coming out of the preseason. And I still feel really good about him, but I think a player, I think a player like Fortner, I think will will calm his world down. I think he'll have a better performance this week, and I'm looking forward to seeing that as far as play out. I want to see him play well because I think he's capable of playing so much better than what he did in Washington. And, of course, the line mates that are around him. But I really want to see if, if he jumps his level of play, then that makes it a little bit easier for everybody else because the center's the guy that's making the calls, making the adjustments. And when he's confident and center, a lot of time is blocking both sides, helping guys out. So I, I, they need him to, to take a step up in, in game number two in his career. 
Doug Peterson was asked about that offensive line, and you know, I think Ben Barch even, you know, do you still believe in this? He's like, well, yeah, we we believe in Ben Barch, we believe in Fortner and the offensive line. This is the group, and they're going to improve and get better. And that's that's uh, from the head coach believing in them. Let's go. Well, you're going to believe You're, you're going to believe in them until you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's the way it you is. Got to perform. It's the way it is. You got to perform. It's a it's a bottom line business. Cole Van Lannan is is on this roster for a reason. They felt good about him enough to where they traded a draft pick away to bring him in as a backup guard. And and I'm sure if if the performance is not where it needs to be, then other players will get a look. That's kind of kind of how it works at this level. Hey, uh, those are four nice players to watch. Thank you for that. Yeah. Appreciate that. You got uh, Quentin Nelson and Foye Luikin, and then Yannick Ngakwe and Luke Fortner. Yeah, I'm really anxious. I like that. I'm I'm really anxious to see also because we didn't see a, a big impact in week one at Washington with Jamal Agnew. He had the one punt return for like I think it was two yards, and then he had a, a rush for six yards, a reception for six yards on the little quick screen. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been a little bit of the X factor. And I and I'm not talking about seeing him in this X-factor role on offense. I want to see him take a punt or a kickoff return. Yep. I want to see, I want to see the, the hold-your-breath kind of moment with Jamal Agnew as a returner. Flip the field somehow, right? Do something, like something big. And obviously it was in this game in Indy last year where he had the long run, the, the handoff kind of thing. He went, what, 60-something yards for a touchdown? Yeah, great play. Which was a great play. Great so play. And, he's and, got that ability. <laughs> the other thing to watch is who the hell is going to be kicking for Indy? Oh, yeah. They, they don't have anybody <laughs> on their depth chart right now. Uh, they're both in the practice squad. So They, they we'll cut see. Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship got cut after a game in which he missed a 42-yarder in overtime to win. Yikes. And then he had two kickoffs out of bounds. We'll come back. Our final thoughts ahead of this Week 2 matchup. The Colts and the Jaguars coming up. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. Final moments of the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. It's week two. The Colts and the Jaguars coming up. One o'clock is the kickoff time. One o two officially. Total leather and 12 o'clock noon start for countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from Josh Allen on that program. Um... Want him to play better this week, too. We'll hear from Tom McCarthy, who has the call on CBS Sports, play-by-play man. Uh, Tiki Barber Tiki is, is going to be analyst, the yeah. color analyst, uh, UVA guy, by the way. That's right. You to know yeah, that. Both, uh, both of the Barber brothers. Right. Former former running back of the New York Giants football team. Tom Coughlin was head coach. Tom Coughlin changed the way he carried the ball so that he would stop fumbling. Good idea. It was. It worked. Yeah. I mean, Tiki was a, a, a fumbler, and then Tom got him to – that high and tight where he's holding the ball up, and it looked, it looked kind of different, but yeah, it, it worked out. It worked for him. So yeah. we'll hear from uh, Tom coming up. Tom McCarthy, CBS, has the call. Uh, Philly's television announcer as well. They're in the playoff, a wild card chase right now in the National League. And So uh, he's a baseball guy? Yeah. All right. So that's coming up, and you'll have full podcast of that. Fred Taylor, as always, uh, you guys in the booth, and we'll get you ready for kickoff. It's going to be a fun game, I think. No, it's going to be It's going to be great. It's, uh, weather looks like it's going to be good. Hopefully Feel good about it, the game? I think it's a. I think it's an even matchup. I mean, look, 
I said this last week, and it, sometimes it's hard to feel good about a matchup when you've got a football team that has lost more games than anybody in the last two years. But I like where Doug and this coaching staff and the direction that they're heading. And this is a division game. This is against a team that the Jaguars have had, if you could look around the rest of the league and, and the success they've had elsewhere, it hasn't been very good. So against the Colts, it's been as, as good as you could expect. I mean, so – so, yeah, I feel good about this matchup. Do I think that they're going to just win flat out and crush them? I wouldn't say that, but I think it's going to be an even battle. Matt Ryan's a, a, a good player, but Jonathan Taylor scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but, I, but here's the thing. If Trevor plays like he did last year in the last game of the season, he was fantastic. He had like 111 quarterback rating. He was, I think, the highest completion percentage maybe of any game that he had. He was making good decisions. He was playing fast. I mean, that's where this team needs to be. You know, better up front and allow him to be able to be better back there. That game twisted up the Colts organization like a pretzel in the offseason. And it's still in their mind. It uh, it made Carson Wentz persona non grata. Let's keep it on their mind this Sunday. We'll talk to you, Logs. You got it. Jeff Logeman, thanks to our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. And this is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.